welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. I am your co-host, Lizzie. And I am your co-host, Stacia. And today we are bringing you a mini-sode that's going to be a combination of kind of two things. So in case you haven't been listening, one big thing that is happening in the life of me is that I am buying a camper van or a van and converting it. And I found my van and I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Stacia, that's so exciting. By the time this comes out, you will have a van. I know. It's going to be, I I could not sleep last night because I I was just like daydreaming about all the things and the adventures to be had. And so we were just going to talk a little bit about the expectations about van life. I think it'll be fun to like listen back and see how like reality versus yeah, in like a year what you when expect. you're in <laughs> Because I like you, I saw a TikTok the other day where the person was like, "You need to stop romanticizing camper van life. Like it's not as great as <laughs> you think it's going to be." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's probably fairly true. Like all the non-Instagram worthy stories that don't get told." But I'm also kind of excited to like share that side of it and be like, "I'm so excited. I don't need to glamorize this. There are going to be times where I'm like sleeping in a Walmart parking lot and it's not that great." Yeah, I mean, everything <laughs> is like that though. Like I'm sure being a personal trainer is like not as sexy as everyone thinks it is being a blogger is not you know it's just life man it just is so life we get to talk a little bit about camper van life and also lizzie and i wanted to touch base back on something that was brought up in our last episode about yoga because lizzie texted me after the episode and was like ah i meant to say this one thing it honestly sparked some interesting debate and philosophical conversation on does something need to be scientifically proven to be valid and i'm excited to talk a little bit about that with lizzie me too we have some fun and different little insights on that uh, and something for you to think about as far as like what do you know to be true in your life and if science can or cannot prove it like does it still 100 percent. yeah so true so let's start Stacia I would love to know like how you got to this point of wanting to be a van gal like what inspired you Because that's a big jump to move like into a van, you know? (laughs) Of course. Well, I think for me, I've always been more of like a traveling wanderlust person. I mean, I lived in Italy for part of college. I lived in Brazil and couch surfed all over the country. Like I've always kind of had this wandering, adventurous spirit. And... uh, It's something that as it like took off way, I don't even freaking know. I think it was probably like four or five years ago that I was like, oh my gosh, this would be really exciting and cool. Like I would love to try this. And I remember actually like part of the reason this feels like really empowering for me to be able to do this for myself is when I had talked about it originally, my dad's girlfriend at the time was like, oh, well, Stacia, if you do that you are going to put everything that you want on hold. Like you're not going to be able to meet a man. You're not going to be able to start a family. Like that's just going to take you further from what you want for your life. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like I won't be married. I won't have a man. Like there could be no worse punishment in life than not having (laughs) that for myself. So like I put it on the back burner was like, no, this will take me further from what I actually want. And in hindsight, realizing that it's you living your life and living your dreams 
that brings the people into your life that you want to have in your life, not going out and searching for it. Right. And so for me, it feels really encouraging that here I am four years later, single as fuck and like nowhere closer to that, what I thought that I wanted for myself yet understanding that I'm not going to put this part of my life on hold because I'm afraid that I'm not going to get what I think I want. Cause I realize now that it's like, about the journey and there's going to be so many things that are brought to me through this experience. And so I'm really excited to have it. Well, and it's not, you know, I think that's such a, like our parents generation way of thinking of like, it's either or not a like, and, Mm -hmm. and I just will say, I taught yoga with a girl who her and her husband lived in a van. She was married. So it's not like you can't have both. I mean, if not that you have to be married to be happy, but (laughs) it's definitely like, you know, you can definitely have both. I think that we don't have to, it's not like you live in a van or you have your dream life. Maybe your dream life is living in a van and traveling the world, which is so cool. What are you most excited about? I think for me, it is uh, at this point, especially with the pandemic, I have these feelings of not really wanting to be anywhere. So like, (laughs) it feels kind of nice to feel like I'm not stuck, even though obviously I'm going to be doing this responsibly. And it's not like, oh, like, let me go and go to eat at all these places and like uh, spread myself all over the country and stuff like that. So it's honestly just the freedom to be in solitude with myself and spend a lot of time in nature and uh, get to see different sites as well as like I have a few good friends that I'm going to be seeing along the way because I'm heading to Florida which I know a lot of people are like why would you go to Florida and I'm like I hear you on that one but (laughs) no offense if you live in Florida there are great things about that girl you go to Florida if that's what your heart (laughs) desires but my dad's there and uh, he also lives in Pensacola which is like a beautiful beach town city in Florida. And I was like, okay, do I want to be in Washington? And and no offense to people in Washington that have to be here for the winter, but I'm like, I would rather be stuck on the beach during uh, uncertain pandemic, whatever else. Honestly, what I guess really sparked this all was I started to plan going to Florida and I was like, okay, I'll like rent a car and then I'll take like a three week road trip. And I was like, man, that's going to be really expensive and like Mm -hmm. finding hotels and then having to stay in hotels and all this stuff. And I was like, honestly, if I just do like a more economical van and conversion, it's going to be about the same. And that way I have this cool asset and this fun experience. And so it ended up just being a means to an end that now might become something even greater, which is kind of cool. I love that. Well, and you brought up a really good point too of, you know, for those of you who aren't in Washington state or somewhere colder, there's a lot of concern right now because we've all been able to hang out outside and pretty soon it's going to be really cold and really rainy. And so no one's going to be able to hang out outside. And I was listening to the radio this morning and they were like, it's not like people are going to stop socializing. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. And so everybody's really worried that there's, it's just going to go up again as everybody goes inside and people start hanging out. So I think it is really smart to go somewhere where you can be outside. I agree. It's so hard to imagine because it has been a struggle as it is. So I can't imagine as seasons change, the whole idea of being in a lockdown just just seems that much worse. And I'm just... Yeah, life is uh, life is in an interesting place. And I think that maybe this is like my way to escape a little bit of the reality of the situation. Hey, 
girl, escape. We all need to escape right now. (laughs) But it has also been something that I've had on my mind. And even it was something that I had talked about in my last relationship. And we very seriously looked into it. And actually something that I realized when I looked at my morning pages from the beginning of quarantine, when I was like, day eight of quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I had mentioned a van and a dog. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know I was thinking about it at the beginning of quarantine. And Mm. yet here we are. Here we are. What do you think is going to be the most challenging for you about van life not like I don't want to you know I'm not going to frame it negatively but like yeah it will have its challenging (laughs) challenging. yeah I think for me I'm really looking forward to having to like minima minimalize is what's the word is it it, because it's not minimize it's minimalize yeah minimize yeah I mean you're like being a minimalist yeah yeah so like how to downsize my life and like not be such a consumer because I think living in van life it's like I don't really have an address so I can't be online shopping and getting things sent to me and so knowing that that is going to change is something I am excited about but that also does present its challenges in the fact that like a lot of my creature comforts are going to be changed and limited like your girl loves a hot shower more than anything in the world (laughs) like it is the most satisfying feeling ever and so I know that I'm going to miss that but I also know that that is like a luxury and it makes you appreciate it more when you don't have it than when you get to have it again And so I think there's a lot to be learned there. But honestly, my biggest concern, the thing that like stresses me out is where I will sleep at night. Um, Because for me, it's really important to feel safe. And I'm part of a solo female band life group on Facebook. Luckily, there's a lot of really great information out there. So I feel like reassured by that. And uh, I also am going to be taking a thousand and one precautions <laughs> because I want to be able to sleep at night and I know that I'm going to need to feel safe in order to do that. And so I've done a lot of research on how to feel safe as a female traveler on my own. And uh, so honestly, like safety is my biggest concern. Like I'm trying not to live in fear about that. No, but I think that's smart. Kind of valid. Like the other day when we were cleaning out uh, my mom's house to help with cleaning the carpets and stuff. I found a wooden bat of hers and I was like, oh, sweet. I'm like, can I take this? This is going to be part of my like arsenal to protect myself with. Sweet. Like I got, this is like check one of like 20 things that I'm getting. (laughs) Have you ever taken a self-defense class? It's actually interesting. I took a, in college, I took a class for credit on self-defense and it was really cool. And I mean, for the most part, I've forgotten everything, but also when like my ex, I just hate the word ex. I really need to think, but I'm like, you're not my former partner. You were never my partner. (laughs) Um, So I need a better word to describe this man. This person person that I dated. dated, (laughs) Yes. He took Krav Maga and he would show me different things. And I do remember some of it. And I've looked up different videos for just like some basic tips of different things. But it's definitely something I am intrigued about learning more about because I think yeah. that it's like super empowering to know that even though I may be smaller than somebody, I have all these like awesome tools to 
help keep myself safe. And again, like, God forbid, I don't foresee there being a problem with this. And like, I know I trust myself tremendously. If I feel unsafe in a situation that I'm not going to be like, oh, it's fine. Just stick it out. Like if I get a bad vibe about where I'm staying, like just pick the car up and go somewhere else. Get out of there. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be a good opportunity, even in spite of all of that, to be like, you can rely on yourself. You can depend on yourself. You can do anything. Like if I can do a camper van thing by myself and keep myself alive, I feel like I can really do anything. Do anything. <laughs> okay. One last question. What are you most excited? What's like the first thing or like place or like activity, whatever. It can be anything that you're really excited to do with your van. So I am excited to my big goal for getting down to Florida is to take the Pacific Coast Highway. So like Highway 1. And just get to spend a lot of time like soaking up the beauty of the sights heading down the West Coast, which I know right now is diminished by copious amounts of smoke. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a plan to leave until like the second week of October. So I feel like so that gives me a little bit of time for the the weather to change and wildfires to hopefully not be an issue anymore. So I'm really just excited at the prospect of like the open road. I don't know. For me, driving has always been super therapeutic and given me a lot of space to like ponder the things in life that I enjoy pondering. And I just kind of like the idea of a more simple life where I just am free from the weight of owning a lot of things, being responsible for a lot of things and just have me, my van and living a like smaller life, but like a way bigger life. A more full life. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. That's awesome. I'm really excited for you, Stacia. And I can't wait to be like recording while you're in a van. I know. Yeah. Also might be one of the challenges. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out, but it'll be so fun to be like, where is Stacia reporting from today? Yeah. That's going to be so sure. cool. So our last episode that we recorded, guys, was about just yoga, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we got done recording and I texted Stacia and I was like, Ugh, I meant to make like just some commentary about the medical claims that teachers make in yoga class. So for example, like saying a certain pose stimulates certain glands in your body or hormones. And I sent Stacia all of these documentaries and articles to read because there is a problem in the yoga world of teachers making medical claims that aren't founded in anything. And a lot of it comes from Bikram yoga. And I, there's nothing wrong being with, well, let's, let's get into it. But I, <laughs> I said to Stacia, I was like, I wish I meant to like touch on that. And honestly, it could be like multiple episodes in and of itself. And Stacia came back with like, well, does something have to be, you know, founded in science and research to be valid? So let's talk about it as it pertains to yoga specifically. Yeah, I think it was funny, too, because I got your text and I was like, well, damn it, Lissy, like, why did you let me I just know. go off on this like <laughs> tangent of like, well, one thing I really like about yoga is that it does all this really cool stuff that's know, not Stacia founded on anything. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Like, you are welcome to call me out if I, like, if you have a different opinion than me or you're like, wait, Stacia, actually, maybe not. It was like, one of I was loving it. was happening. I was like, oh, I'll say something about this in a second. And then we got done recording and I was like, 
I never said anything. (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting for me because I feel like as somebody who's practiced yoga but has not been like trained in it or whatever else, when I hear people make those claims, like they make sense to me. When I'm like, oh, like I can understand, like people say if you have a headache, like if you do inversions that can help, or I, I don't know if that's what the pose is that they say can help, but like that they have these ideas of like, oh, well, if you do this, like that can help it. And in my mind, I feel like that type of claim, like, oh, like this has helped some people relieve this issue, like okay, we're cool there. But like you said, I think that the unethical part comes from making medical claims about like, oh, if you just do this, you will fix this problem or this issue in your body. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I totally agree with you, Stacia. I think it's like when people say, you know, some people find that this really helps or anecdotal comments like that. I have no problem with What I have a problem with is when teachers say, so I had a teacher say this to me once, is like this pose, it was a Bikram pose, this pose can cure depression. That is not founded in anything. That is like dangerous. And just from like a yoga teacher, like ethical standpoint, we can't say things like that. So there's a show right now on Netflix that I'm obsessed with. It's called Unwell. It's a docu-series. And they make the point that it's, so like in the essential oils episode, one practitioner is like essential oils can help with sleep for some people Mm -hmm. right and like that's the comment she makes and then this other guy takes it and is like essential oils cure insomnia and cure sleep issues so it's like that's the line right like you can say this helps people with these things some people with these issues find this to be really helpful but you don't want to say something like cure something or start making these claims when you're not a professional in that field because people are so trusting of their yoga teachers. Like I am always shocked by the things that people come to me with or inform like I'm honored by the stuff people trust me with, but people do tend to view their personal trainers and their yoga teachers and fitness instructors as, you know, a very important part of their wellness team. And I think it's our responsibility to also use that power well. (laughs) Exactly. And I know that when I got certified as a personal trainer, they were very explicitly clear about what we are allowed to speak on and what we are not allowed to speak on. And that's something that I took to heart because really my motto in life is do no harm. So like if I'm showing up, I don't want to be saying something that could potentially harm somebody and state it as fact or whatever else. And I think nowadays in the online space, especially there are so many people making ridiculous claims, like especially in the wellness space, oh, drink this, eat this, do this, and like miracles will happen. And it's like, that's not helpful for somebody because all that is doing is making them give you their money because you think you and like are giving them the cure causing all of their problems. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's really, I, like you said, I do think it's a problem that is rampant in this industry as far as like false claims go. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I think we just all have to be really thoughtful of like how we're sharing the information, making it's making sure that it is really clear the intention that we have as like fitness or yoga or wellness professionals or whatever, and not telling someone explicitly, you know, diagnosing them, here's what you should do. 
here's your treatment plan, right? We can say, yeah, this might help. Some people find that strength training helps with, well, I mean, there's like research about that, but just being really, really clear with people because I have had students too where I'm like, wow, I thought I was being so like, yeah, you might find this helpful. And then I'll realize that they've been going all in on this one thing that I was like, oh no, I didn't mean like that. So (laughs) I mean, and everybody's just trying to your point, Stasia, we're all just trying to feel better. So I think we just have to be really, really careful because you never know who's listening or what headspace they're in. And I think especially within personal training, I know something that's a big thing is that a lot of people give their clients meal plans. And besides the fact like, fuck diet culture, Mm. you don't need a meal plan. But guess what? There is one person that is qualified to give you a meal plan. And that is a registered dietitian. Yes. And so when personal trainers are giving out nutrition advice, sure, I took a nutrition certification. And I think that it helped me tremendously in my knowledge. But I also understand what I'm allowed to do with that information. And one thing I am not allowed to do is to create blanket meal plans for people that I like, no, that's just, that's not within my scope of practice. You can recommend somebody, you can outsource that, or you can just tell your client, like, this is what I am qualified to do and provide for you and what I'm not. So like, this is where I set my boundaries so that I know that I am remaining in integrity with myself and what I, cause sure, I think I could probably come up with a decent meal plan for somebody, but I wouldn't do that. Cause I know that that's outside of my scope of practice. <laughs> yeah. And the scope of practice thing, I think is just like what this all comes down to is just understanding our own scope of practice, understanding if you are a student or a client, like what you know, the people that you're going to, what their scope of practice is. Cause I know I definitely have had like teachers or even medical professionals who I'm like, I love you. What should I do about X, Y, Z? And they're like, Oh, you shouldn't ask me. You should go talk to this person. And I think that's always so much better than trying to fake it or trying to seem like we're super knowledgeable. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's tricky. And I also think everybody in the wellness space, especially in the online wellness space, to your point, Stacia, is just trying to like set themselves apart and be like, look at all that I know about this. And I do think sometimes people forget, like, actually, (laughs) you're not allowed to say this. Yeah. And I think it can be challenging too, because I think a lot of it is like benevolent in nature. Like people don't mean to do harm because they really do just want to help people. And so whether it be, oh, I saw this help one other person. So now I feel qualified to share it with the world as like the answer to this one issue that it can be, we just have to be careful about using our desire to do good and to help others in a way that isn't necessarily ethical because I do think that something that's important for me is the big question I proposed at the beginning of like, does something have to be scientific to be valid? I definitely don't think that everything needs to be proven by science. Like I don't think intuition has been proven by science, but it's something I 100% believe in. And guess what? Like evolution is a theory. There's still like science hasn't proven it. And like all these ideas. And again, like not saying anything about what my beliefs are on evolution or whatever else. (laughs) We're not going there. Like I don't want to open that can of worms with the world. But I just think that it's interesting. I'm more of like a spiritual woo-woo person when it comes to like, I think science and spirituality can like coexist beautifully together. 100%. I think they actually like complement each other and they're not at odds with each other. But I also think that just because 
science can't necessarily prove something doesn't mean its existence isn't there. And also like if science, cause like, guess what? Science also can't disprove intuition. So I'm like, fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I guess my, my perspective and my, how I choose to practice is like, if I am going to be telling my students something or sharing something on my blog or on the podcast, like I am very much of the belief that I better be able to find or share a bunch of stuff that backs that up because I have gone down that path so many times of following a yoga teacher, following a blogger, following someone who I felt was really knowledgeable and then realizing that what they were saying, just there was nothing anywhere to back it up like science or otherwise. So my belief is just always know what you're talking about, <laughs> right? And be able critical to like thinking. Think critically, <laughs> be able to explain it and yeah, just be able to know where that information is coming from and even like I mean I really encourage I know we've talked about this so many times before on the podcast but like follow the money like if it's a nutrition study was it being funded by like Coca-Cola right like (laughs) really figure out like keep digging deeper to Stacia's point think critically and I think that's all we can ask of you at the end of the day how many studies have been done that are completely biased and that they set up so that they can prove what they want to prove but guess what the exact opposite could be proven as well so like science is great but it also doesn't necessarily mean that what they are proving is helpful or something that you want to stand behind totally yeah and I guess just to tie it all back with like a neat little bow my and I say this as a yoga teacher as a yoga practitioner as somebody who believes so much in yoga but just please for everybody listening make sure that you are very thoughtful and mindful and tread carefully with yoga as an industry it's very very unregulated there's so many different places that you can get certified and they don't all have the same requirements or training. So just tread very carefully and make sure that you are doing things that you are really comfortable with and also that you're not being pressured into doing anything medically or wellness wise that maybe you might not actually be comfortable with. That's my like last piece of advice. And just to piggyback off what you had said earlier about that one outlandish claim that your teacher made, like if you go to a yoga class and somebody makes some claim, don't beat yourself up if you do yoga and it doesn't cure your depression. Mm -hmm. Don't be upset if you try a headstand and it doesn't cure your migraine headache yeah that it is something to be mindful of like something that I feel like can end up being really harmful about those kinds of statements is then somebody feels like there's something wrong with them yes because it didn't do that for them as opposed to like oh actually guess what there's a lot of things that go into what make a person anxious or what make a person depressed and like yoga can be great for your mental health But that doesn't necessarily mean it is going to be a cure or like fix Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. And so always, always be kind to yourself about if what you attempt doesn't give the result that was like promised. (laughs) No, Stacia, that's such a good point. Because yeah, I mean, I do think like meditation, mindfulness, yoga, they're often just like thrown at everybody is like, oh, you feel like shit in some way. You should do these things that'll make you feel better. Whereas to your point, they are tools, but they're not necessarily the solution. So I did yoga for many years with like terrible depression. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, on that note, I think that that ties in beautifully to what we're going to be talking about next week, because uh, 
if you are struggling or whatever else, something that I think is not talked about enough. And I picked up at a really awesome book and I was like, Lizzie, we have to talk about yes, this. She's very <laughs> jazzed about it. So we are going to be talking about self-esteem and I'm really excited to dive into this topic because as, as somebody who suffered from really low self-esteem for a majority of my life and made all of my decisions and picked all my partners and made all my choices about my job and everything in life based on a place of low self-esteem that I didn't understand. Like if somebody would have just like told me that I had low self-esteem and here are things you can do to build your self-esteem, which a, I'm in a recovery program to build my self-esteem and it's great and fantastic and my self-esteem is doing better, but just understanding that it's something that's not really talked about. But as I read it, I see so many examples and things of, oh, this is why we have the current political climate that we have. Like when people are in low self-esteem, there are so many people that suffer from low self-esteem and we aren't talking about it. And so I'm really excited to talk about it, guys. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. And Stacia, I would love to know what your yay for the day is. I mean, it's pretty on topic because uh, <laughs> when I got the message that the van was available for pickup, I was like, I can't like, believe it. That's so exciting. I'm like, so Ugh. yeah, I really cannot wait to go and pick up the van. I scheduled an appointment at the local mechanic shop and the, so they can like look it over and make sure that it can take me to Florida, at least make it that far. And uh, I am just uh, on cloud nine about getting, I mean, like I said in the beginning of the episode, it is doubly meaningful for me besides just being an awesome opportunity for an adventure. It's like a big fuck yes to me and my life and the things I want to create for myself. And it's just another step on like me creating the life I want to live for myself and not waiting for somebody else to give me permission to mm. live the life that I want for mm. myself. So it's just very empowering and exciting. And I can't wait to share the adventures with you all. I'm so excited for you, Stacia. I'm just Yay. so proud of you. Thank you. And what's your yeah. yay for the day? Uh, my yay for the day is over the weekend, I watched a ballet documentary called Restless Creature. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I grew up doing ballet. I was like hardcore ballet. And then I stopped for a plethora of reasons. But I was like, you know what? I really miss this. And so I was sore as fuck from Stacia's workouts. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change it up today. And so I did a ballet class over the weekend just on YouTube and it was so fun and I felt so good. And I also was like, man, I did not appreciate how flexible I was when I was younger because this shit is hard. But it was just like fun to do something just for the sake of doing it and connecting back with something that I really, really love that for a long time I like I didn't really allow myself to like because I had quit and I was like, I can't be a ballet person anymore. But it was so fun and I just loved it so much. And it just like made me smile for like 24 hours afterwards. I would like to say that as somebody that like the work that I've done, I feel like connecting with my inner child is a huge theme for me. And I mm -hmm. honestly think showing up and doing that for yourself is such a meaningful way to be like, it's okay to play. It's okay to be a child again. Yes. It's okay to connect with that side of you that loved doing ballet at one point. And like, what a yes. gift that is to give yourself. so fun. <laughs> and I did feel like little Lizzie and I yeah. was just like, oh, this is so great. So that's my yay. And uh, we all need to like do what we can, I feel like, to have those moments in our life. Because, like, when I found the roller skates in my mom's house, I was like, oh, my God, like, 
I'm going to be a kid again every time I put on these skates. And like, how fun is that? Like, it's okay to play and have fun like you did as a kid. We all need more of that. Please do it. Especially (laughs) right now. We really need it right now. Yeah, that's such a good yay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Send Stacia good vibes. By the time you hear this, she will be a van babe living in a van world. We'll make her post all sorts of pictures to our Instagram. Um, Stacia, do you have anything else you'd like to share? All I got for you is your friendly reminder that, hey, you got this. 